0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is E.B. So uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my Ooh. name is Jared Krasoska. Oh. I, I don't think I'm a person
1: that curses a lot. The heart goes about to end I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. Hi. Uh, hi. My name is Brandy Colbert. Sorry, go ahead, go I'm ahead. the author of several books for kids and teens. That's always like my little
0: line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and sure, how many, like, can you maybe name just a few of them for those of out there who may not have seen or heard of some of your books?
1: Yeah, I think I'm best known. I have several uh, YA books out, but I'm probably best known for Little and Lion and now The Voting Booth. And my first middle grade came out last year, and that's called The Only
0: Black Girls in Town. I love that book so much it is one of my favorite books (laughs) one of my favorite books let's start with just like I think your writing journey and I think I always usually try to start there because I think it's important for not just adults to hear it but I think anyone who is just trying to um trying to do this work um today um and have been doing it for a while so what did it look like for you in the beginning in regards to your writing?
1: Yeah, um, well, actually, I was a kid writer, so I've been writing since I was, like, seven, I think is when I started sort of writing at home. Um, We would have these writing contests at school, and um, then I started writing. I would actually illustrate at first, like I would draw pictures sort of sitting in front of the TV. You know, I was an 80s kid, so there was like no restrictions on <laughs> screen time. It was like, I sit in front of the TV. Um, and then I would start like writing, you know, sort of underneath the pictures and dialogue bubbles. And then I was like, I actually like the writing better than the pictures. Um, so that just kind of continued. And I have like stacks and stacks of notebooks from when I was a kid. And they were basically like all rip offs of like, you know, Judy Bloom and, um, anyone else I was reading back then. And I had all Uh these like meticulous, like series planned out. So I had like seven or eight books. I mean, I was like real serious about it as a kid. Um, And then I kind of lost that, you know, when I got to college. um, I didn't know you could like go to school for creative writing. Like it just wasn't something that would have flown in my house. I don't think Um, so. (laughs) I was like, well, you know, I studied some journalism in high school. So I was like, I really liked doing that. Um, So Mm -hmm. then I can write and you know, also talk to people and and just sort of like get a degree in that so it's not creative writing. Um, So I got a degree in journalism and I was still writing like a little bit, but not a lot. And then when I was about, you know, 25, I was like, you know, I still had this dream of being published, but I hadn't really finished anything, um, you know, as an adult. And so I did NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writing Month. Um, It's like the only time I've ever done it uh it was like 15 years ago and um I finished a book and so from there you know I took one writing class and that was just sort of also for motivation Uh, but from there I just did I didn't know anybody who was a writer I didn't you know the internet was like around of course but it wasn't really it was like 2005-2006 so it wasn't really like what it is today. Like a lot of literary agents were still requesting you to send things through the mail. And so I just did all my research and started querying agents. And, um, I wrote four books, uh, before I got an agent. And that fourth book was my first published book called Point. And, um, yeah, I just kind of went off from there and I still have the same agent. So it took me, you know, four years of querying and lots of query letters, but I ended up with the right agent, yeah.
0: I love it, I love it. And I think one of my questions is, and I think I've asked this question before because a lot of creative people and writers um, often go through the same situation. You mentioned that um, it wouldn't have flown in your family. Um, Can we just go back there just for like a second? Um, What was that like, that process? And I'm assuming you did have support Like I know there was support um, through your journey, Um, but what was it like going through that journey where knowing that it's going to be a little bit tricky navigating an idea of how you feel about something, um, but other people, family members, friends may not really truly understand that?
1: Yeah, I think it was kind of a weird thing because you know, um, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Springfield, Missouri. So that's like part of the Ozarks. Um, So it's down in the Southwest corner of the state. Um, You know, we didn't really have, we had like two bookstores for a while when Borders was open. And now I think there's like just a Barnes and Noble there. There may be an independent store there, but you know, books were, well, actually that's not true. There were like the mall bookstores at the time. So like in the eighties and nineties, we had like Walden books and B Dalton and we'd go to those, but eventually, you know, those kind of closed and I just wasn't really an arts heavy town. Um, So I never met an author, I didn't think it was like a viable career. And so I think that my parents probably also sort of had that view, you know, they came from um, the south from rural Arkansas is where they grew up. And so definitely, you know, there were no people who were making a living in the arts coming down there to talk to kids or people. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just didn't seem like a viable career. And I think they would have been like, Like, they were always very supportive, like, you know, bought me books or very supportive of, you know, um, me spending my allowance on books. Like, they were all about that, you know, helping me buy notebooks and pens to write back in the day. But I just think that it didn't seem like something that someone could actually make a career out of. So they were more concerned with me being able to have a life where I could support myself instead of like, go try this career where a lot of people fail.
0: it's so it's so true and i hear that story so much and i love i I don't want to say i I love hearing the story because i think that oftentimes we as a society just look at specific jobs as like you know like those are the jobs that are secure um and you know what they are and parents and other friends they all kind of project those ideas on us and i kind of went through the same thing um can you talk a little bit about just like your schooling as well? Um, because you said you always have been writing and putting books together and drawing. Um, was there influences there through other teachers that have influenced you to do those things?
1: You know, no, I always feel so sad when, you know, people talk about like they had that one teacher, um, you know, like someone I'm sure is going to be like, Mr. Gray, was like amazing. And, yeah, mm. I could have done this without him. I didn't have that experience. You know, I had... I grew up in a really white town, um, and I don't know if some of that contributed to it. Like I don't want to say that there were definitely like that there were necessarily lower expectations for me because I always got really good grades. I was always one of the best you know students in the class. So I think my teachers expected a lot out of me, but again, it's like sort of the area where I grew up and maybe the time period that I grew up in and maybe also being one of the very few black students in my schools. um, I just didn't feel like I really got that encouragement. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say like my second grade teacher, which is when I first started sort of discovering my love of writing, like she's the person that I do remember being probably the most supportive out of me, like my entire schooling. But, you know, I I did kind of feel like I was on my own for a lot of it, um, which is a little bit sad (laughs) when you think about Mm -hmm. that now.
0: Mm -hmm. But it is i think it is cool that like second grade like i don't i think sometimes people don't necessarily even remember their second grade teacher so like for it to be your second grade teacher um i think that's really cool um and for whatever reason that teacher influenced you um he she they like they must have really done something to Um, spark or can allow you to continue that love for for writing or or for whatever it is that you enjoy doing because teachers have so much influence on kids like as you know um, and they can just as much open up a dream and crush a dream um, at the same time so that's nice to hear that's really really nice to hear
1: yeah she was great like she was just really open and I felt like just kind of made us feel like we could do anything, you know? Um, whereas I maybe didn't feel that with other teachers, but she was, she was just really cool. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Brandy, what are some things that you like to do outside of obviously reading, um, and writing?
1: Yeah, it's funny. Of course, those are usually the first go-tos for us writers. Um, you know, I really like TV, which is funny because, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of people are like, you shouldn't watch TV, you know, watch <laughs> your brain, all that stuff. But I, like I said, there were no restrictions on it at my house um, growing up. So I've loved TV since it was terrible. So now that it's like really good, I'm like, <laughs> there's so much to catch up on. Um, but it's also it goes back to, I think, storytelling. You know, I didn't know it at the time as a kid, but it was, you know, a lot of my books were also sort of ripoffs of television shows I was watching uh, or certain episodes and things like that. So I think from an early age, I really connected to the storytelling. Um, so I really like all kinds of TV, but I also like um, really gotten into cooking a lot the last couple of years, um, especially during the pandemic now, like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> since I'm home all the time. Um, I like doing yoga. Um, that's another thing that I've done for years, but during the pandemic now I'm like doing a daily yoga practice and that's surprising probably to no one more than myself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like going on hikes, you know, friend with friends, um, movies, um, yeah, just kind of, I feel like all the normal stuff. Like I I don't have like a, I wish I had sort of like a specific hobby that I could point to. Well, one of them is tap dancing, I guess, but I don't get to do it as much as. Yeah, I don't get to do it as much as I would like, but I started tap dancing as a kid um, and did that for like eight years um, from when I was like seven, I think, to like 15. And then mm-hmm. as an adult, I've just taken classes like here and there where I can. But it's one of those things where it's like riding a bike for me, like as soon as I step into oh. a, a tap class, oh. I'm like, yep, I'm back.
0: <laughs> That's so impressive. Is that just something, is that, something that runs in the family or just
1: no have that i don't know anybody who did it yeah like i remember i think i probably just had a lot of energy as a kid like i have um an older brother who's like 6 years older than me and he's like you know we're all pretty bookish in my family but like we're very different and so he was very much like i just kind of want to be alone all the time or maybe like hang out with one or two close friends and i had like a bunch of friends growing up and i think a lot of energy and just like wanted I'm not really, I don't think I'm an extrovert, but I feel like I was a very extroverted kid. So I always Mm -hmm. wanted to be around people. And I I don't even remember, but I think at some point I was probably like, I want to try dance classes. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was like a big part of my childhood. um, I love that. that. yeah, I, I feel like there's something very special about having sort of that connection to dance. Like, I, you know, had my dance friends that weren't necessarily like most of them didn't go to school with me. And it was just like a separate part of my life where I got to also express myself, which I think is, you know, really important at that age.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you often take stories from your childhood and put them into your books?
1: I wouldn't say like straight away like stories like I sort of there's a little bit of me in each of my books probably the only black girls in town would be the closest but that's not even my story like I would have wished so hard for you know a black girl my age to move in across the street that never happened um but just sort of for feelings and the way you know she hadn't had anyone around to express those feelings to a lot of that was sort of my childhood, but no, I haven't I haven't even been able to set a story in Missouri yet. Like it just every time I start I'm like, nope, can't do it yet. I wonder
0: why. <laughs> and I think that's okay. Right. I think that's okay. And I think part of that journey is just figuring out like what you're comfortable with. And I think if you get there great. If not then it's still okay that you don't. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah can we talk a little bit about family and what did that look like for you growing up in your household you said you have one sibling.
1: yeah so i had well now i have four so um it was uh just me and my dad and mom and brother for several years and then my parents got divorced when i was 12 and that was like pretty devastating to me because i didn't see it coming like there wasn't any fighting and. We're just like a really quiet, you know, family. Um, So I think my older brother, like I said, he's six years older than me, so he was 18. so And he was just about out of the house when that happened. Like he left pretty much when that happened um, for college. Uh, So he saw it coming, I did not. uh, So that, you know, pretty much like rocked my world in a way that I wasn't expecting. Um, And then my dad got remarried and he had um, three more boys. (laughs) So I have four brothers. Um, And I'm just really far apart in age from all of them. So I don't really feel like, you know, there's like 16 and 18 years between me and my younger brothers. And then there's six years between me and my older brother. So in a weird way, I always kind of felt like I was an only child, Mm -hmm. which I think is really strange to have so many siblings and feel that way. But Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I felt growing up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think as a kid, like you don't, it's like you said even with like the second grade teacher like there's so much that you only remember right and you often don't notice things until you get older and you're like oh now I kind of like now that you talk about it or now that you say it I can like name it or I can picture it or I like understand it a little bit more um, you mentioned also that your school you were one of the only black kids and oftentimes <laughs> that's the case unfortunately what um, did do you remember what that felt like, whether it was in the elementary, um, middle school or high school? Like, how did that feel? Um, and what were some of the, um, I don't want to say negatives or positives. Let's just keep it like, what, what, did that feel like for you as you were kind of navigating that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, it was a struggle, you know, I, um, my family moved across town, um, sort of, you know, they were sort of like, the side of town where the black people lived and the side of it wasn't totally segregated, but like kind of, you know, Um, and then the side of town where the more white people lived. And so my parents moved us over to what would be considered the white side of town um, in second grade. And, you know, I remember walking into my new second grade classroom and just looking around and, and being like, oh my God, like everyone in here is white. Like, I feel like, I don't know if my parents told me, like, I guess they sort of like told me on some level, but I was, seven years old. So I didn't maybe understand what that was going to look like. Um, But, you know, I had a lot of friends. I always felt like, like, I don't know if popular is the right word, but, you know, I always felt like I was in that crowd. Like I was very involved in school. Um, I, if there was an, you know, there were definitely a lot of ignorant comments and and racism and I didn't necessarily know how to respond to a lot of that at the time. Um, But I definitely like when, I could, I stood up for myself. Um, so, you know, it it was a struggle in some ways, but it was also, you know, not to be cliched, but I do feel like it made me like a stronger person and I can walk into pretty much any situation and just be like, okay, I've experienced this because, you know, I probably experienced it as a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know, you know, looking back, it's, I'm sure it affected me in ways that I still am not aware of. Um, But I think those of us who were there, there's probably like a handful of black kids, you know, that I sort of knew growing up. Um, I would say that, you know, we all just did the best we could to get by. Um, I've Mm -hmm. talked to some of them, like we had our 20th high school reunion a few years ago now. Um, And we were, I was talking to some of my other black classmates and it was funny because one of them um, he's, biracial and then he came out as gay after like many years after we graduated but he's like super happy married to a man they've got three amazing kids um but I was talking to him and I was like you know what was it like for you and he's like well actually it wasn't probably the same for me as it was for you because he actually was raised by the more by the white side of his family Mm. and he was more concerned about like nobody finding out that he was gay. So it was like funny because we all I'm sure had very different experiences even within like that small group there.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And I think it would be so interesting just to hear more of those stories about people that you grew up with and just how they navigated it. Because at that time you unfortunately are sometimes just in survival mold and just trying to like hopefully get through the day without un- yeah, just sometimes just not being seen, right? Like you just want to hide and be away from people. Um, But also at the same time, honor the friendships that you have um, with those people that you create them with during those times, because those friendships are so important because there's often, for me at least, um, I had a lot of friends from my community there, um, which was great, but there was probably like, I don't know, 20 or 30 of us and then the rest of the school was white. So like, you tried you to hold on to those as much as possible um, mm-hmm. without, I don't know, driving yourself crazy, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a really good yeah. way to describe it. I look back and I'm like, I still can't believe, like, that was our life, you know, and we just <laughs> like dealt with it. And 100%. also it was like, you know, the 80s and the 90s. And so there was a lot less sensitivity around, you know, any of, like, identity stuff, like anything like that, so.
0: Exactly, yeah. So you're not, like, you're. for one, you're not being taught it no one's really asking you to share no one's teaching other people how to be curious about other people and ask respectful questions and like all of those things are not even on the table so no one's getting the work <laughs> and everyone's <laughs> just kind of like on their own limb of trying to figure out how to get to know other people, um, which is, yeah, as you know, can be very difficult for one of the only black kids um, in the school. Totally. Totally. So Brené, I just have a few more questions for you. Um, And I want to go back to your um, love for TV. What are some things you love to watch on TV, whether it's a movie or a show?
1: Oh gosh. So I have like, such like high low tastes, <laughs> like, um, you know, so I love a good drama, um, like pretty much any you know black drama that comes out, I will at least check out. But some of my favorites, um, or like comedy drama, dramedy, I guess you would call it, like, I love Atlanta, which I don't know if we'll ever be getting another season of it, but those first mm-hmm. two or three were gold, um. I love Insecure. Um, What else do I love? You know, two of my favorite shows ever are like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, which (laughs) surprises me um, because I had to really try to get into Breaking Bad very hard. Um, And then once I got in, it was like all in. I love one of my favorite shows ever is the show Felicity like that show with Carrie Russell where she's in college and it's just like very quiet and everybody just kind of whispers the whole time and like Mm -hmm. it's just so much Uh angst um and then another one would be like Daria uh that cartoon um from like the 90s um that I love there's so much I love and then I also love really trashy like reality shows like I love the Real Housewives franchise is like I'm like a Real Housewives historian um yeah I (laughs) I love it because I think you know a lot of people will say I can't watch that like it's just a bunch of women yelling at each other and like yeah 100% true in some cases but it's also really you know as much as it's not scripted but it's like produced you know so they'll say like you two need to go to this hang out today and film and talk about this one topic but as much as it's like produced that way like it's still real humans and real emotions and i just like love that insight into all these like different women and some of them are really terrible and you know but a lot of them are just really funny and i i just really enjoy it um especially Mm -hmm. during like quarantine it's been kind of great to just have that sort of energy
0: (laughs) Uh you know Uh because you can't
1: be around people so they're like going on all these fantastic trips and just it just feels like a different world even though you know they're just real people um Mm -hmm. that i I really i love housewives
0: (laughs) i love that you know it's so funny because my wife is probably gonna kill me but she loves the show as well (laughs) and she's always like don't tell anyone that i like it i was like it's fine (laughs) like whatever it's just another show like there's other tv shows that are probably a lot worse so and if you're if you're watching it and you're finding things like you just mentioned like it's fine like everyone has their own taste in different shows so i 100 percent agree with you i totally do Totally yeah, mean, and I've yeah. gotten,
1: like, some, like, story ideas from it. Like, someone reminded me, because now I've, like, I just talk about it when I'm on panels all the time, and, you know, like, podcast mm-hmm. interviews. But um, someone was like, oh, you know, your book, The Revolution of Birdie Randolph, they were like, yeah, you said it was, like, sort of, you got one of the ideas uh for the sisters because there's a sister relationship on the real housewives of beverly hills and one of them is an addict and then the other one is not and they just have a really fraught relationship and it's like oh my gosh you're right i had totally forgot about that so i think mm. it can like provide some inspiration in some ways too for storytelling
0: yes totally 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 greatly i want to thank you so much for hanging out and just sharing so much about you and your story um where can people find you online
1: yeah thanks so much for having me um i'm just pretty simple it's brandycolbert.com, and then i'm on twitter and instagram at brandy so
0: <laughs> awesome and i guess i always ask as well like is there anything we can look forward to this year um for you in regards to the writing
1: Yeah, yeah. I realized um, last night I did an event with a friend and I forgot I have a couple paperbacks coming out this year. So um, the paperback for uh, The Only Black Girls in Town and The Voting Booth will be out this year. And then I have uh, my first nonfiction book. Um, It's about the Tulsa Race Massacre of 1921. That will be out um, on October 5th from Balzer and Bray. Uh,
0: um, That is so, I mean, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for you. you. Oh, yeah, thanks, I think Gary. it's going to be awesome. And again, I just love.